Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Last week we began the series entitled Endgame, the seven end time events. Seven end time events. Let me review this concept with you quickly. When the Bible mentions the last days, the last days are the period between Pentecost and the rapture. The end times that we're talking about is at the very end of the age. When Jesus comes and raptures his church, he takes us up to be with him. That's the end times. We're living in the last days between Pentecost and now. We might call it the church age because the next big event that's going to happen is the rapture, is the rapture. And just like Jesus was born and he lived for 30 years, ministered for three years, died on the cross for our sins, this literally happened. He rose again on the third day. This literally happened. He spent... Uh, time with his disciples, 40 days teaching on the kingdom, and then ascended into heaven. That literally happened. 50 days later, the Holy Spirit came down and, and breathed life into the new church and filled the disciples with the power of the Holy Spirit. And they went out. That all literally happened. The rapture is also literally going to happen. It's going to happen where those that are serving Christ and are still alive, that accepted him as Savior and surrendered their lives to him, are going to be caught up together with him in the air. And then after that is going to usher in a seven-year time period that we call the tribulation. Now, we face tribulations now. That's different than the tribulation. Okay, and I think our chart, do we have the chart up there? Tells us some of these, these things that are going to happen. Now, I want to talk today about the tribulation. Well, it's impossible to talk about any of these things in a half hour's time. So I want to uh, invite you to stay comfortable. We're going to be here for two, three, maybe four hours. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Actually, my wife is making lasagna uh, today. And if, you're, if you can... <laughs> I think you can smell it coming from our, our house. So if she feels I'm going too long, she's going to open the windows of the house and just waft over here. But no, uh, what I am going to do is just give an overview based on the word of God on the book of, or the time period of tribulation. Then Wednesday night, we're going to look specifically at the seals, the bowls, and the trumpets, what they are on Wednesday night. Then next Sunday morning, I'm going to spend our time on the Antichrist and what's going to be involved in that, the one world system and where he gets his power from and all these things. So today is the tribulation, Wednesday is the seals, the bowls, and the trumpets, and, the, and then next week is the Antichrist, all part of of the tribulation period. Now I'm going to share uh, scriptures with each of my nine points here today. Uh, and so you're not going to be able to keep up. I'm going to move quicker than what you're going to be able to keep up with. All you have to do to get all of the scriptures and my sermon notes unedited are just email us at godgivesyouhope at gmail.com. Godgivesyouhope at gmail.com, and we will this week send you out those notes. All the scriptures are all included in there. 
please don't mention it to me after the service because I won't remember, okay? None of it is about not wanting to do it. It's more about I'm not going to remember. The best way to make this happen is to email at godgivesushope at gmail.com. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Thanks, Doug. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's it. Come on. Get to it already. All right, look. Number one, this tribulation period is going to be worldwide. It's not going to be just a select few. It's not going to be just one part of the earth. The entire earth that God created is going to be impacted by this tribulation. In Revelation 3.10, it says, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world. This hour of trial is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Again, this is going to impact the whole earth, the literal physical earth, as well as all of the people that are left on the earth this tribulation period will be worldwide. Number two, it will be the worst time of suffering and distress ever to occur in the history of humanity. It will be the worst time of distress that humanity has ever faced. Now, we're facing very difficult times now. We're facing, uh, we've faced terrible times in the past throughout human history, but nothing is going to compare to what is going to be taking place during the tribulation period. Now, I've been reading Daniel on my own, and I've been uh, just gleaning from that and getting some insights. A lot of what the book of Daniel is about is about these end-time events. The book of Daniel was written hundreds of years before uh, Jesus came, and yet look at his words in Daniel 12.1. At that time, Michael... The great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress, such as has not happened from the beginning of the nations until then. Now watch this. It says until then, which means Daniel is talking about something in the, what, future, right? And then what is this event that's going to happen? He says it's, not, it's going to be a time of distress that has never happened before. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book. In Revelation, that book is called what? The Lamb's what? You see that? Everyone whose name. So Daniel writes about this hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth. Everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. That's Old Testament. Look what Jesus says about this time that will be unlike any other time. For then there will be great distress. Jesus' words, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again in Matthew 24, 21. Again, in this life, we face tribulations, but the tribulation is different than anything that the world has ever experienced before. Number three, the period will be under the control of the man of lawlessness, What's another name for the man of lawlessness? Yeah, see, the Antichrist. The church is going to be removed. That's the rapture. And so what's left? 
I mean, we don't even know the impact of our prayers until we get to eternity. But I know that our prayers of thy kingdom come, thy will be done, make a difference in this world today. That as evil as things are, it would be much worse if not for the church praying. I'm kind of see, I've always seen things sort of this way, that evil is rising to a pinnacle and, and God's pouring out his spirit and rising to a pinnacle and then the rapture is going to come and this revival that's taking place, the church is going to be removed. What's left? Evil. Evil. Imagine how horrible this time is going to be. At that time, at the beginning of the tribulation, the Antichrist, well, I'll talk about this next week, is going to come as a man of peace. And people are just going to fall right in line. Oh, he's the one we've been looking for. Well, that's because you haven't been looking for the right Christ. <laughs> but the world is going to say, oh, the Antichrist, a, a, a human that's going to take care of us, a human that's going to take care of all of the nations, he's going to bring peace. We're just going to love everyone. Well, that's how he's going to get people to follow him. And then at the middle, he's going to set himself up as God, right? The temple. All right, I'll save that for next week. Look what Daniel says. Daniel 9, 27. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. Now there's 69 weeks and those weeks mean something and something. You have to look to people much smarter than I am. So uh, study that on your own. I, don't, I, I, I can't figure all that out. But the last seven will be the tribulation period. All right. So he will confirm a covenant with many. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. So he's going to be empowered by, the, by Satan, first three and a half years, man of peace. People are going to follow him. He's going to be the hero on all the news channels because the news channels will still be here after the church is raptured, there'll just be less people watching it. And I don't say that as a good thing. I say that as a bad thing. Be careful who your God is, is all I'm saying. I'm going to throw that out to you for the thousandth time. Okay? But the news channels will still be there. Imagine how easy it's going to be to communicate with everyone. Imagine power he's going to have. But at three and a half years, he's going to establish himself as God. And guess what people on earth are going to do? They're going to worship him. And he's going to say, you can't eat, sell, or purchase without the mark of the beast. 666. The infinite number of, or the, uh, the, 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 the complete number of incompleteness. You see this? 777 would be the complete number of godliness. The Antichrist and those that follow him will always fall short of God's perfection. And we've worried. I've been in the church 54 years. Yeah, 54 years. And uh, every few years, it's somebody else is the Antichrist. Something else is the mark of the beast. Oh, and then when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have all, you, you understand. 
oh, there's going to be chips, and they're going to put chips in us. That's nothing now, right? They put chips in your dog. So if your dog wanders off, they can chip it and find it. It's nothing. Because the, I don't know why I'm getting into all this. Real quick. Because the mark of the beast has nothing to do with the chip. It has to do with your heart. And the Antichrist, where will the mark of the beast be? He wants your thoughts and your devotion, and he wants your service. That he wants, to, he wants you to worship him and to serve him. Now, however it comes about, whatever technology that's there, it's already there. Now, let me put your mind at ease. There's no one that's going to accidentally receive the mark of the beast because it's not about being deceived into taking the mark. It's about being deceived in the rejection of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. It's not about being deceived in our mind. Oh, no, I didn't realize that was going to happen. It's about being deceived in our hearts that we have willfully or people will willfully reject Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. And they will have every opportunity during the tribulation to receive Jesus Christ. And I'll get to that. This seven-year period will be under the control of the Antichrist. Number four, or else we will be here for hours. During this time, there will be both Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus Christ and are saved. Now, we can say that's good news, and it is good news, because even though God will be pouring out his wrath, his grace is still available to those that will turn to the Lamb. His grace. His grace. How great is his grace? Greater than we could ever imagine. But those that come to Christ during the tribulation will have to endure severe persecution. Revelation 7, 14 says, And I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. People will be saved during the tribulation. I think I mentioned this last week. I've had people literally tell me to my face that I'm not ready to surrender to Jesus now. But if the rapture were to come, see, they were church people. They knew enough. They knew enough to doubt, but not enough to be devoted to Jesus Christ. And they said this to my face, that when, if the rapture comes, then I'll just accept Christ. And I tell them as gently as possible... If you can't serve Jesus now, you won't be able to serve Jesus then. You are deceived and fooling yourself. Now, how many have served Jesus for over three decades? Is he not more wonderful now than he was when you first began serving him? Isn't it the lie of the devil that says, oh, if you serve Jesus, you're going to have to give up this, give up that. Looking back on your, what did you give up? Nothing in comparison to what he has given us. This is what the church needs to proclaim. The message of the gospel is good news. If all you know of the gospel is if you want to become a follower of Christ and you can't do this and you can't do that, and you, you don't even know the gospel. 
The gospel says if you follow him, he's more wonderful than anything you could possibly imagine. Not only does he take your sins away, but he promises his presence will be with you no matter what you go through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You've experienced his presence. You've experienced his blessings. Oh, we need to live as people that have been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ so that others will be attracted to Jesus and not our political views. If you know more about the Republican Party and more about the Democratic Party than you know the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you're committing idolatry because we only worship and serve one and he's not an elephant, he's not a donkey, he's the lamb and he's got enough to say to all of us. You can vote the way people tell you to vote and still end up outside of the kingdom of God. Where's the church? Where's the church? Where's the church? We're beholden to politicians and not beholding the Lamb of God. And the time is coming. The time is coming. Time of great persecution these seven years. Great suffering. He has given power. Revelation 13, 15. He was given power, meaning the Antichrist, to give breath to the image of the first beast so that if, so it could speak and cause all who refuse to worship the image to be killed. So just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down and they were thrown into the furnace but God spared them and Jesus showed up with them. <laughs> Those that will not bow down and worship the image of the beast representing the Antichrist will be killed. If you can't serve Jesus now, number six, it will be a time of God's wrath his justified anger and vengeance and judgment upon the ungodly throughout the earth. As we talked about last week, see, the church has been redeemed and saved from the wrath of God because Jesus received our wrath on the cross. And so we are not destined for wrath, but we are destined for salvation. But during this time of tribulation, God is pouring out his wrath on this earth that is broken and on the people that willfully rebel against his son, Jesus, the Lamb of God. This is where the seals, the bowls, and the trumpets in Revelation come in. Revelation 6, 16, and 17. This verse is unbelievable to me, but please catch this. Revelation 6, 16, and 17. So God is pouring out his wrath the people that don't want to follow Jesus, this is what happens. They called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? 
those that aren't and, and won't serve Jesus during the tribulation, they would rather pray to the mountains and pray to the rocks than repent to the Redeemer. Do you see that? They would rather pray to the creation than the creator. So far are they away from God that they ignore the creator in Christ and they pray to the mountains and to the rocks. And do they understand what's going They understand what's going on because they know what's happening is the wrath of God and the lamb. It says it. They just don't care. They would rather have the mountains crush them than to surrender to the lamb. God is justified in his wrath because they will willfully reject the lamb of God. Is that verse not chilling? That gives me goosebumps. That's how wicked the human heart is apart from Jesus Christ. Well, if I see miracles, I'll believe. No, you won't. Because there'll be miracles taking place every moment there. There'll be things that are unexplainable, and yet they still won't bow to Jesus. I'll believe if I see. No, you won't. When you believe, then you begin to see. Jesus said this in his first sermon, some of the first words he preached. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see what? God. You know how that works, right? The pure in heart see God working everywhere. Those that hate God can't see God anywhere. All right, keep going. Jesus says those days will be shortened. Thank God. This period of tribulation, these seven years, will be so awful that if it were not shortened, okay, if it didn't have an end, that seven-year period will have an end. If it didn't, then no one would survive. Do you know why I believe that? Because Jesus said it in Matthew 24, 22. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. What did Jesus say? Those days are going to be so bad, if they weren't cut short, then no one would survive. That's Jesus' words. That's the tribulation, number eight. The great tribulation will end. Oh, I can't wait to preach this. I might preach some of it today. The great tribulation will end with Jesus Christ's glorious return to earth. Riding on a white horse emblazoned with king of kings and lord of lords and out of his mouth will be the sword of the word of God. The church and those who already who have gone to heaven to be with him will be coming now down to earth with him. He came for us at the rapture. He comes with us at the second coming at his return. And we will rule and reign with him. Number nine and lastly, This is, not the, this is not the conclusion. It's just the last point I have. I'm going to get to the conclusion. This is the initial approach to the landing. Okay, you get that? All right. I know what some of you were thinking. When he said he has nine points, he wasn't kidding. We're going to be here for hours. 
It's all right. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> Dave, I'm going to put you in charge of Doug. I don't know how well you know Doug, but now you're in charge. Okay, number nine. When he comes, listen, when Jesus comes, he will destroy the forces of the Antichrist who have gathered against his people of Israel at the battle of Armageddon, and he will bring final judgment on all of the wicked. When Jesus comes again, he won't be riding on a donkey because the work is already complete. He'll be riding on a white horse. And the battle of Armageddon is a misnomer because there'll be no battle. He will speak the word and the enemy will be destroyed and he will be victorious. And the angel will come and he will take Satan and throw him into a pit for a thousand years. That's the millennium where Jesus Christ will rule and reign on earth. That's where, I know technically this isn't true, but this is how we know it. The lion and the lamb will lay down together. That's during that millennial period. When Jesus comes back to earth, he is going to make everything right. Don't we long for that? Don't we long for things to be made right? for wrongs to be corrected, for injustices to receive justice. Don't we long for that in our hearts? This is why, and it's the last thing I'm going to say about this, this is why I don't know why we put so much of our attention and focus on Washington and not enough on Jesus and his kingdom. I honestly don't know why. I don't know why Christians give to politicians and don't give to missions. I don't know why. I don't know why Christians have no problem presenting their political viewpoint but are terrified to present the gospel to those that they proclaim to love. This is for the church now, people. It's easy to look at others and say, oh, they need to get right with God. Where's my heart? Where's your heart? Revelation 9, 20 and 21, the rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues. Listen to this. The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver and bronze, stone and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. So far away will people's hearts be that they will refuse to repent. Wow. I was preparing this all week, reading so much. And in my mind, I thought, this is going to be, this is really strong stuff, man. This is harsh. And as I was reading Daniel, this actually, I was reading it last night. Daniel 4.35, all the peoples of the earth, this is <laughs> the second approach. Uh, 
Nebuchadnezzar, after he was turned into like and lived like an animal, right? You know that story. I don't have time to tell you. You have to look it up. Finally, he repented and turned to God, okay? He says this, all the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, meaning God, what have you done? No one can say to God, what have you done? Because whatever he does is right. We just don't understand it fully yet. Isaiah 46, 8 through 10. Do not forget this. Keep in mind, remember this. Remember the things I have done in the past, God says, for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it happens. Everything I, everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. I want to be on Jesus' side, and I know you do too, and that's why you're here today. I'm going to give you four quick points. What does all this mean to us? Number one, we must be ready. If you're listening to my voice, are you ready should Jesus come back today? Are you ready should he call you home today? Have you accepted his forgiveness and have you surrendered to his will and his purposes? There are a lot of people that believe in Jesus, but there are a lot of people that refuse to surrender to him. Have you believed in him as your savior and have you surrendered your life to him saying, God, I want what you want and he will come and he will take you from death to life. He doesn't make good people better. He makes dead people alive. For I was dead in my trespasses and sins. We must be praying for those that don't know the Lord. Pray for them by name. Children, grandchildren, family members, work associates. I don't know. Whoever that is when you pray for your unsaved loved ones, and we, we all do this and we all have them, pray for them by name. I just kind of have this weird thought that we need to call them out of darkness by name through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, not by what we're doing, but what God, pray for them by name and use the name of Jesus that they would come out of darkness and believe. Don't give up. We must be praying thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your prayers make a difference when I get to Revelation in 2021, should the Lord tarry, I will show you where God keeps the prayers of his saints. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come. If we, fo uh, sorry, I keep wanting to preach. And I, if we keep focusing on our kingdom and the kingdoms of this world, we'll never see his kingdom. This kingdom brings death. His kingdom brings life. This kingdom brings bondage. His kingdom brings freedom. All right. When in doubt, catch this now. When in doubt, worship. Pastor, I don't understand all this. Guess what? Your pastor doesn't understand all this either. 
That's why I got all of it from the Word of God. I'm not smart enough to understand all of this. But here's what I do understand. Instead of worrying and wondering if everything is going to come out all right, I've just decided I'm going to worship. I'm just going to worship Jesus because he's a great and mighty God. And I'm going to leave in his hands what I'm not able to understand and what I'm not able to control. When in doubt, worship. Can you say that? When in doubt, worship. Now, I'm going to add something to that even better. When I doubt, I will worship. Can we say that? When I doubt, I will worship. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.